Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network has engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Welcome to the Sober Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse. Our Sober Liberty guest today is Tammy Lynn Connors, who has her own podcast called Hope, and it's uh, capital H, capital O, capital P, capital E, and it stands for Helping Other People Evolve. Love that. She has been sober for over 18 years. Thanks for joining us on the Sober Podcast, Tammy. I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me on here, Jamie. I really appreciate you taking the time out to hear my story. And speaking of your story, why don't you tell us um, what brought you to sobriety and how you found a way to start recovering? Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I really, the start of everything was my dad passed away at 34 years old from alcoholism. He drowned in our bathtub. Um, oh he had God. been extremely sick for for quite a while. You know, I was 13 at the time. Uh-huh. And I remember when right after he passed away, you know, I wrote a poem about alcoholism and how I would that wasn't going to be me. Right. It was yeah. it was just it kills families and all of that. And um, so I wrote that poem at 13. Well, if we fast forward to like the age of 30, um, I really started. That's when I say my drinking career, as I called it, really started like yeah. I was a single mom by myself with just my son working a lot at a bar. And so the drinking just started and then it became physically addicted. You know, it was that whole needing it every single day. And um, I got to the point where some mornings I was drinking shots of Listerine just to get to the store to get my vodka. You know, I worked 60 to 80 hours a week. So that way I was always around the bar. I was very functioning. So that's pretty much, you know, where I went for seven years straight in and out of the hospital. Um, The last year of my drinking, I had about three episodes of acute pancreatitis, 
but they never said anything about my drinking. That's the thing in and out of the hospital, you know, never That's amazing to me. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I just, it, it continues to astound me. And this was only what, like 18 years ago. Right. It right, continues right. to astound me the way the medical uh, um, profession and industry doesn't, you know, looks the other way or doesn't, doesn't look seriously at alcohol and addiction, but anyway, go on. Yeah, no, it's so true. So, you know, and I, and in my heart, I knew that what it was, right. I'm not, I'm not naive to it. I watched my dad go through it. And so like fat, we'll go to 19, we're going to go to 2004, right. When I, when I quit, um, I was working at a bar, it was March 7th. Um, when I worked, I always drank, I'd run down to the cooler. I do, you know, Mike's hard lemonade, whatever was down there to just take a quick drink of just so I could get through. And um, that night I got off work and I went downstairs with everybody else and I was drinking. And I remember being in my boss's office and my best friend saying, we have to call an ambulance. She's probably going to die. Mm. And it's so crazy that I can still remember that because I was blackout drunk by that time. Yeah. And I got wheeled out of there um, on a stretcher. We lived in a little town, right? So the next day, of course, everybody's asking my son, why was your mom taken out of, you know, sidelines on a stretcher? You know, and he's clueless. And at the hospital, my blood alcohol that night was 0.399. They gave me IVs, you know, to hydrate me. Basically sent me home with one yellow piece of paper that said, refrain from drinking alcohol. And that was it. (laughs) You know, like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, that's what, you know, not like, hey, maybe you should check into a rehab or let's put you in a rehab or let's do some aid. Or you need to be locked away until you figure this out. (laughs) Right. Because at that point, you know, I weighed about 85 pounds. My mm. cheeks were sunken in. My eyes were yellow. The jaundice was starting to come. And of course, I didn't go to my mom's that night to go home. You know, my house was quite a ways away. I went to a friend's house that I knew there was alcohol there. Right. So because I'm still I'm still detoxing and everything else. So I continued to drink that whole next day until I had to go to work at four o'clock that day. And mm. I was waitressing that day. Most of the time I managed, but on Sundays I waitressed. And I went in inebriated. I mean, I shouldn't even have walked through that front door. Yeah. I ended up getting sent home, um, getting fired from my job. And that was on a Monday morning. And I, I remember it all so well because I was sitting and looking out the window of my farmhouse after my bosses told me there is no way you can have a job anymore. I can't, we can't have you here like this. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a single mom, just me and my son. And I get a little emotional right now, but yeah. I remember looking out that window and thinking that my, my, my son, right. Who's um, almost, he was 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking to myself, my gosh, he's going to find me. Like I found my dad, you know, um, and that was my biggest thing. Like I can't let my son find me dead like that. And um, his dad was incarcerated. So he would go with his grandparents who didn't do a great job with us. So I wasn't going to have <laughs> thinking they'd do a great job with him. Yeah. And uh, that moment I laid on the floor, I kicked, I screamed, I cried, and I just begged God to please help me. And um, honestly, that was that day I stopped drinking. Um, I had so many people put in my life for different right. reasons throughout my life. Mm-hmm. And I knew where to go. I knew I needed to go to the AA rooms. I knew that was the first place I had to go. And yeah. I had three different friends that I went to their house every single day for six weeks. I went to three meetings a day. I went to their house every day for six weeks. I had no job. So I had really no income, but I got through that six weeks, you know, and then after that, it's been just an amazing journey that I've been on, you know, not that it's been easy, you know, but, but it's, it's been great. I'm coming up on 19 years on March 9th. 
Fantastic. So, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Um, an amazing story as all these stories are. And I just, I always love those, those moments of, um, of grace, of providence, of divine intervention, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, but that moment where you stop and you ask for help yeah, and you don't take another drink, um, yeah, you know, if even for just a day, um, your podcast has a theme of hope. Um, yeah. you know, and of course at that moment, it sounds like, you know, you 18 years ago, you were hopeless. Um, right. uh, do you remember your first accounts with hope and how it impacted your life in sobriety? Oh boy. You know, geez, think back about that. My first encounters of hope honestly was because I've talked to many doctors and nurses since my sobriety. And they're like, how did you just do that on your own? Right? Like you should have, I should have maybe had a heart attack, went into, um, Mm-hmm. What do you call seizure or right. something? Because I just quit like that. And I know that the hope that I, there's so many people that were put in my life to give me hope. Um, I, one of the good friends that I worked with her, her parents were pastors. Right. Yeah. And I remember I worked at the golf course and anytime they would come in, I would be like, Oh, they're looking at me like I'm the devil. Right. Because that's, <laughs> I felt that way. Like I felt hopeless, worthless, all of that. Right. And that's the door I went and knocked on. And I, I, Nancy was my biggest hope because she opened her door. She sat me at her table. She prayed with me and she helped me to like read the Psalms every day and just gave me that little, if I feel like if we just can get that little glimmer of hope and grab onto it, we can keep going, but it's getting that little bit of hope. So that was, that was like my first encounter of hope, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when did you start your podcast and do you have any techniques you would recommend to other podcasters out there? Cause I bet we've got some, some, uh... yeah. So I started my podcast actually, um, March 9th of last year, 2021. Yeah. Um, I like to share a little bit. Um, I was going to start it in 2020, you know, and 2020 happened, right. right. I was going to start it on that sobriety date, but, um, in February, um, of 2020 on Valentine's day, one of my best friends who had been clean and sober for six and a half years, took a Percocet, which was fentanyl, and he passed away. Uh-huh. And um, right when I got, I in March, I was still wanting to start it. And it was just, everything was a mess between losing him and then COVID. Um, and my mom wasn't doing very well at that time. And then yeah. it, I kept it as a blog at that time. And then March of 2021, I told myself, you have to launch this podcast. I had no idea, Jamie, what I was doing. I was clueless. And at the beginning I did, I was going to focus it just on sobriety. Right. And and, um, I I just had whatever you guys want to think, you know, however you guys spiritual wise, but I, God said to me, there's so much more than just sobriety out there that people go through struggles. So I launched it with, um, in hopes that people know that they don't struggle alone, you know, yep. that um, whether it's addiction, whether it's somebody that you lost grief. Um, I've interviewed people with cancer. I've interviewed people that have been in car wrecks that are quadriplegic now. And just knowing that everybody goes through a struggle, but we can get to a strength. And so when I launched it, all I did is had my laptop and I just started interviewing people. Yeah. I just, that's all I've done. It's been amazing. You know what? You were probably, I was probably a gift not to know what you were doing because then you didn't, then fear didn't paralyze you and right. (laughs) And take your hope. uh, Yes. So to speak. Um, You know what? This is a great time to stop and say thanks to our sponsor, Stephanie Weiss. Uh, She's a certified health 
and recovery coach based locally in Connecticut and offering virtual services nationwide. If you would like more information, please reach out to info at SoberNetwork.com. That's I-N-F-O at S-O-B-E-R-N-E-T-W-O-R-K.com. Let's get back to Tammy. Um, Hope is one of the spiritual principles which can be interchangeable um, throughout all of us. In what ways do you practice it um, in your own life today? So in my own life today, um, I, excuse me, I am, um, I'm big on gratitude. You know, I, I feel like gratitude is huge. So when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I meditate and pray. And then I say at least five to 10 things that I'm grateful for, you know, cause sometimes yeah. we wake up in the morning and we're like, Oh, I don't really want to get out of bed. Right. right. But you can be like, or, oh, I've got to do this. Today. I've got to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it can, it can really be draining sometimes, you know? So if I wake up and I, I do my meditation and prayer, and then I say something like, wow, I'm grateful. I can hear the birds chirping today, you know, <laughs> or I'm grateful that my feet can hit the floor today, you know? And I, I start yeah. my days with gratitude because I can, and I never, you know, Jamie, throughout all of my drinking, I never forget how I felt the day before I quit. Because I think that's a big thing, especially in sobriety is people, we get complacent, right? You get complacent and you're like, I'm good. Everything's good. Everything's good. I'll never forget how I felt. I'll never forget why I quit. And I'll never forget that I really thought I was going to die within a few weeks if I didn't quit. And so I think that that keeps me, I'm very humble in all of that because I know that I'm blessed to be alive and be here to share hope with others. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here um, talking about hope also. And uh, since you've had the the podcast, um, since hope ha- has been a podcast, what um, do you have any um, uh, fun, cool, interesting, hopeful stories to share um, that have come out from from doing? The Yo, you know, people ask me this and I'm like, wow, I've, I've interviewed. Um, I have 91 episodes now. Uh-huh. And um I'm almost to 5,000 downloads, which is so cool to me. And there's so many different stories out there. You know, I, um, when I say that, like the one friend of mine, I, and God puts these people in my life. It's crazy. I had a really cool incident back in October. I went to, um, reggae festival in Las Vegas Yeah, and I love dancing and I love music. So I'm dancing and this little boy comes up to me and he's just probably almost two and he starts dancing with me. Well, his parents are over on the side and um, afterwards I'm talking to his dad and his dad's a photographer. And I said, well, what do you do with the pictures? And he tells me and stuff. And then I explained a little bit about hope and he's like, oh, I probably have a good story of hope. He's like, "Um, when I turned 18 years old, I belonged to the Bloods out here in LA and I shot and killed a 17 year old and I spent 26 years in prison and I've been out 10 years in November and I completely, you know, reformed his whole entire life. And I'm like, okay. So he was on my podcast and it's just (laughs) those different stories like that. Um, A friend of mine and I always call them all my friends now because they are, but he was in a rollover car accident when he was 21. He was in the back seat. He's paralyzed from his neck down, only use of his triceps. And he's just so humble and grateful to even be here. So there's just so many different stories out there. And so they're just great. And I want to say this real quick, when I do my podcast, the two biggest things for me are first, someone will send me a message and say, oh my gosh, because of AJ's story or whoever's story, I was able to get out of bed today. Yeah. Or 
I've had people that I've interviewed that have never shared their struggle to strength and they'll message me and tell me that I helped heal them. And that to me is just amazing. You know, that is it. That's a, an amazing gift. Yes. Um, what's the best lesson you've learned in sobriety and how oh. did it help you? Huh. My best lesson. Oh boy. I would have to say the best lesson I have learned is that we can either let our mind control us or we can control our mind. Yeah. And that's been a big lesson. Um, you know, in anything I do now, if, cause your mind is your biggest bully and right. it will, it, it will right. knock you right down real quick. You know, I, you know, I say in my sobriety, I don't walk outside with a big bubble around me and God says, okay, we're going to protect Tammy from anything, you know, but I've learned very much how to stay humble. I'm always grateful. I remember how I felt, like I said. And so I think that's my biggest lesson is I know where I've come from, but right. I know how much I can help other people. And I just had a friend tell me last night, the, the biggest thing that, that he sees in me is I'm just, I just want people to, to thrive in life and just live the best life that they can and just be as happy as they can and know that there's hope, you know, Absolutely. how do you, how do you, um, um, combat the mind controlling you? How do you, how do you control it instead? Well, I, I, I just went through a slump because I, I lived in Arizona last year. So I was with yeah. sunshine all the time. And I came back here to Ohio for a job and uh -huh. it's been very dreary and that's a hard time for me. So I go through that like seasonal depression time yeah. Yeah. and I really have to have a conversation with myself. Like it will get me where I'm just laying in bed like that. Like, Oh, it's dreary outside. I don't need to go do anything. And I have to have that conversation, like an actual conversation with myself, like get your butt up and go do something. <laughs> You're the only person that, that yeah. can have any control. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of speakers. I listen to a lot of books. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a big, I don't know if you know who David Goggins is, but um, I listen. I know the name. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I listen to him. He's like, and, and I always tell people like, I need to listen to different people, right? Like sometimes I need to listen to a Sarah Jakes or um, Joel Osteen or somebody like that, or right. Steve Harvey, or sometimes I need to listen to somebody that says, get up off your butt and go do something, you know? So <laughs> just different ways I do that. You know, I listen to motivational videos every morning, you know, I, I find something to listen to, you know, and that's, that's a lot of, and then I think about where I'm at and what I'm doing. And I can't, I can't, uh, you got to practice what you preach, right? Walk the walk. Right. Sure. And just talk the talk. So, yeah. And, you know, and just having this conversation with you, I'm reminded that and one of the things I've done in the past and haven't done in a while, um, um, which I'm going to start doing again, which is when I had that feeling of dread, like we were talking about earlier about waking up and not wanting to get out of bed or even, you know, that feeling of dread that you have throughout the day that right. you might have throughout the day. Oh, shoot, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I'm not going to. I, tr I turn that around and say, rather than saying, oh, I have to do this. I say, I get to do this. Yes. So I, I get to return these calls um, in my business that I run myself, you know, yes. I get to do because I'm sober and I wouldn't have this business if I weren't sober. And I, you know, and I'm alive and I get to, you know, and I get to deal with this problem and find the, and find the solution, you know, yes. to get paid yes. for it too, if it's part of work, you know, so right. I try to, I try to put that put that positive spin on uh, rather than immediately going to the negative, you know? Yes. 
Exactly. And that I love that you said that because I do that too. Like sometimes I'm like, oh man, I got to go. I ran a 5k last Sunday and I almost talked myself out of it. It was a virtual one. And I was like, are you kidding me? You get to go do this. Do you know how many people can't do that? (laughs) Oh, good for you. I'm a runner too. Yeah. Oh, are you? I'm not a runner, but Uh, I ran that. All right. I did in 43 minutes. I was pretty proud of myself. That's really good. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So 43 minutes is about, I've been running a while, but 43 minutes, I'm five miles is, I haven't run a marathon, but five miles is, is, is about my, is usually my max. Um, And it's about 43 minutes is the fastest I do it. So it's good. It's good. Um, One uh, final question. What is the hardest thing you've been through in sobriety and Mm. how did you get through it? Okay. I actually have a few, if you don't mind me sharing. Well, um, I'm going to back up just a little bit. 1992, I lost a six-month-old son to SIDS. Now, that, of course, was still throughout my drinking, right? Um, Mm. So I've had to deal with that even in my sobriety. You know, just just, there was times that I had to go through that because I had never went through it, honestly, because I was blocking my drinking, you know, processing that. But um, in 2012, um, I, my son's, my son has a half sister and a half brother who had been part of my life since Nicholas was 18 months old and Heather was three and a half. So they're two years apart. And in 2012, we lost Nicholas in a um, single car drinking and driving accident. Um, Mm -hmm. He was 26 years old, probably one of the nicest people you ever met in your life, you know? And so we lost him in 2012 and I had been sober, what, eight years at that time. Uh And, um, but I didn't have to drink because of it. You know, I, I had to use different tools. And um, and that's the biggest thing that I always tell people, you know, throughout your sobriety, whether you're going to AA or whatever your your yeah. thing is, you have to have those tools and you have to learn to use those tools. What were the, what were the tools you used? Well, my my biggest tool that I have is um it is don't I, I don't even know how to really say it. I pray a lot for sure, you know, yeah. but I know that I don't. What what good is what good am I going to do to anybody else if I pick up a drink again? I'm not going to do any good to anybody, and my my mission and goal in life is to to help people. So if I pick up a drink, I can't help people, and right. um, I know I'll be right back where I was, you know. And like I said in 2020, losing my best friend Josh was really hard for me, but at the same time, it showed me just how quick somebody can go back to it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I've seen that happen so many times with people and I lost, um, one of my really good friends in Arizona in April of 2020, she was, um, shot and killed by her ex-husband to be, mm. he shot her 14 times in her car oh, and, my God. and my mom passed away in August of 2020. And right. I always say through all of that 2020 for everybody, you know, it was a horrible year starting out with Kobe and Gianna. I just, it just yeah. all went like, right. and but through all that, I didn't have to pick up and drink because I used things that I've been taught throughout time. You know, whether whether maybe maybe I had to stay in bed for a day and just be with me, you know, it's yep. it's learning. The biggest thing I think is learning to be by yourself and not let your head get get you to a place where you're that broken. And I reach out and talk to people all the time. Like I'm I will pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm having a bad day. Can we talk? Yeah. You know, I just and I just I just I try to be honestly. Jamie, I just try to be the light in the world. And that's my vision and goal every day is just to try to be a light to everybody else. You know, wow, that that's a beautiful way to end. Um, wow. Tammy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Sober Podcast today. Um, and I want to thank you for all the that you shared with us and all the hope you shared with us. How can our listeners get in touch with you? 
So that's why I have Tammy Lynn because all my everything's Tammy Lynn Connors on my social media. Tammy one N L Y N and then Connors C O N N O R S. That's all my Instagram, Twit, um, TikTok, and my Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, like you said, my podcast is hope, but it, you got to put the periods in. So it's H period, O period, P period, E period. Got and it. it'll come up with me walking like by the water. And then my YouTube channel is my name also, Tammy Lynn Connors. So that's, yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, to all our listeners, thank you for your continued support. Visit us on www.soberpodcast.com and all places that you find major podcasts to leave us a review and sign up for a mailing list. I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook at Jamie underscore Brickhouse's TikTok at Jamie Brickhouse's Facebook and Instagram. I tell a true story wearing high heels every day. And I'm the author of um, Dangerous When Wet, a memoir of booze, sex, and my mother signing out from the Sober Podcast. Tune in for another show next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Sober Podcast. We hope that you have found this episode helpful and look forward to you joining us next time. As we continue to grow and implement positive change, we hope that you'll share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. They can find us on all the major podcast directories. If you have an idea for the show, want to leave positive feedback, ideas, or comments, connect with us on thesoberpodcast.com. You can also reach us on our social media platform on The Soberverse. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all those who make this show happen. Jamie Brickhouse, our host, Carrie, our producer, Carl Fessenden, our voice, and our sponsor, The Sober Network.